Episode 102 of Dropping the X, an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. I am Dame Dr. Foxy Brown, and we've gathered here today to bury Diego, who is no longer going to be appearing on the show. God damn it. Until further notice. I am your officiant for the service, and I'm joined by my assistant, Ed the Crimson. Hello, everyone. This is a very solemn time. As you can probably tell... Diego's not actually dead. We just don't know what happened to him, so he's probably dead. That's what I'm gonna assume. He may have drowned. Yeah. In in alcohol. Yeah, of course. From, <laughs> from the inside. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we actually do have some fairly somber news to bring you. Uh, most importantly, that remember that hiatus that was supposed to last, I think, until this week. Yeah, yeah, we got a new uh, chapter coming up, right? Yeah, so about that. Remember oh, how... No, 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 Remember how everyone in the anime community was so happy there was going to be a Sailor Moon reboot? I mean, so happy. Like, it, yeah, they were over yeah. the... People didn't watch anime anymore. We're coming back into it. Like, you're seeing people mm. in their 30s and their 40s just like, oh my god, Sailor Moon, it meant so much to me. I Great, can't right? believe we're getting a new one. Yeah, totally. And I remember how I was the lone voice of reason that was like, if we get this show, you guys know this Hunter Hunter that we've enjoyed, it's mm-hmm. done. Like, he has no motivation to come back now. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, um, his hiatus has been pushed from two weeks to indefinite. Uh, and I assume the the final straw that broke the camel's back was a new Dragon Quest game being announced. Oh, did one really come out? Yeah. Well, it not come out, but announced. I was actually going to say that The Sims 4 just recently dropped. Yeah, I was like, Sims 4 came out, and new Dragon Quest game. or It's a game in the Dragon Quest universe, I think. Because it's, it's like, I don't think they've exactly said what it is, but it's like, it's made by the people that do Dynasty Warriors, so. Oh, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. So, a Musou game is coming out. Yep, and he I'm sure he'll take that anyway. So he gave, or the editors rather, because I don't think he makes any announcements, no. some vague injury, health issue. Um, that probably, He's back again. That we, <laughs> see, that, that put my mind in such a horrible place. I should not record while tired. Um, <laughs> what I was thinking is, oh, okay, I guess she was blowing his back out too much. And then, yeah, clearly, like, she's so happy about her, how her new anime is doing. She's really in the mood. Yeah. Oh. So, we don't, we don't have, we don't have any manga. And it seems like we're not going to have any manga for a good long while. So, if you guys have any suggestions on what we should do, and uh, what we should fill this uh, hour or so of recording time with, that would be much well accepted. We'd appreciate it a lot. Because we got nothing. Where should they send that? Uh, HXHpodcast at gmail.com. It's a fantastic place to send your general emails about Hunter Hunter. Uh, characters, plot, manga. How long you think it's going to take before we get new anime. All that stuff. Awesome. 
So the second piece of news, um, as we as we mentioned a couple episodes ago, the show is going to end at episode 148, which is three weeks, three more episodes remaining. Um, and Madhouse is celebrating the end of their production term with uh, art exhibit that's showing some of their promo sketch, their sketches, some of their storyboards, um, as well as is selling some Hunter Hunter related items, including. The best of soundtrack, bromide sets, whatever that is, a t-shirt, and the last mission anime DVD. And some stickers if you want that. I need like a bigger picture of that shirt. The shirt looks really busy. I see like, I I have zoomed the crap out of it. I see like, um, I see the Chimera Ant, yep. World Domination. I can tell that nobody's going to know what that shirt is talking about. A light that illuminates all, I'm guessing? So, I mean, we can hope, you know, in two years, maybe we get something. Maybe. Mm. Um, hopefully he will have completed an arc by yes. then. Maybe we can get a nice little OVA. And he could do something else. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So two episodes that we're covering... I went and I wrote down the names because what? I, because I figured you know I'm sitting here watching the show I should do something so we're watching we're talking about episode 144 approval and coalition and episode 145 which is defeat and reunion and sort of because I I will admit I wasn't feeling these episodes um, it's more or less the wrap up of this arc and I kind of I felt like all of the high notes were hit earlier on. Um, you do finally get sort of sandwiched in between 144 and 145. You get the healing of Gon, and we got a shot at what he actually looks like, and it feels like it was somewhat um, blurred when we saw him earlier on. Uh, yeah. So just seeing that, like, it's like, it's, it's like sort of like he was burned, I think, yeah. is how his skin looks. So dude is just... I mean, he's he's trash. He's completely like. Oh yeah, yeah. Even if they had managed to somehow remove the nen on him, I don't think that would have healed him. No. Um, so he looks like like a combination of like I don't know, like some kind of burn victim and also like an extremely old man. Yeah, he kind of shriveled all the way. Yeah, up. yeah. And you have. Um, you had a situation basically they they'd agreed upon it earlier on that they were gonna um put his hotel room his hospital room in the parking lot and so they did that so the car pulls up and there's like this building and i was thinking i kind of forgot that that part of the thing was that nobody could see alica yeah so i was expecting them to get out of the car and walk and then when the car drives inside the building i'm like hold on wait Wait, <laughs> yeah. we can't be doing this. And then when the car hit that corner, I'm just mm-hmm. no, come on, we can't be drifted around corners inside a building. <laughs> oh man, got these guys running in the '90s inside a hospital building. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and again, um, part of the problem that basically makes the healing take place later in the episode is that. Alika's still knocked out from when she healed Sibone's hand. Yes. I like how I've gotten used to calling Alika she. Yeah. 
so much when we were talking about this initially in the manga i still was at that point when we that we all were at when we mm-hmm. there had never been any mention of daughters um and i think togashi had sort of come out and said like it was all boys yes or there was a rumor that togashi had come out and said they only had boys because uh, mm-hmm. I, I I never saw the confirmation of that. But no. So we get. Sort I of, mean, fuck it. She identifies. Yeah, I, I mean, like we face, got so fuck it. I we know. got thrown into this whole. Yeah. Okay, Alika's a girl. Sweet. Um. So Alika's asleep from Heel and Subone, and they just sort of have to wait until she wakes up. And then, of course, eventually she does. And she says, hey, Nichan, and that's, of course, the the little notifier that it's Alaka and not Nanika. Mm-hmm. Killua mentioned that Alaka calls him brother and Nanika calls him Killua. Yes. So she's all, hey, so good to see you. And then he's like, yeah, I need to talk to Nanika. And she's like... That's like a little pout. But I barely just got to see you a second ago. And he's like, yeah, it's business time. And he does this little monologue where he says that um, Alika actually only appears when Nanika is sleeping and Nanika only appears when Alika is sleeping. Um, It's sort of a trade-off that they have. And he basically says that Alika spends more time, or the Alika personality spends more time sleeping um, than you would think because Alika can only be out um, basically in between times that that Nanika makes a request and then if Nanika makes a request but the person uh, is unavailable like Subone was uh, then Alaka would stick around so um, he talks a little bit about wanting to see Alaka more and all of that and then Nanika pops out and he's like hey Nanika you're gone and she like walks over and is saying like hand, 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 and so Killua goes to pull out God's hand, and that's when we when we see the shriveled up, burnt sort of limb. Mm-hmm. And, and he is a stronger person than I am because <laughs> as soon as I like pulled out the hand, I didn't just been thrown up everywhere. I mean, he's seen a lot of carnage. He's yeah, that's true. Mind. That's true. Yeah. He's still an assassin. Mm-hmm. But he, even he, is still hit with the, you know, I didn't think it was this bad because mm-hmm. it seems like no one other than the doctors really got the opportunity to be in there with him, and it's possible his condition deteriorated in the time since Kilo left, and then uh, Alika touches the hand, and it's just like whiteness consumes um, that whole makeshift building. And that's where our story sort of smashes into the other main story for this arc, which is the um, the Thirteenth Hunter uh, Association chairman election is on round eight. I don't ever remember, but Jin and um, one thing. Yeah, um, go ahead. Cut this out if you want. But did we ever talk about one forty four? Well, no, we're talking 144. I'm 145. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Jin and... Because I started in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, Jin and Cheadle, I think is how 144 actually starts off. Yes. They're having this conversation about 
the next round of the election. And he's basically telling her that she screwed up uh, because the way she's allowing this this game, which is what he calls it, to be played, uh, she's going to lose. And he tells her basically uh, that she's been going about it the wrong way. She's been taking it way too seriously. And that Pariston is the only person uh, in of the four that remain that's actually carrying on the will of the chairman. So that pisses her off. Plus it pisses yeah. her off that he calls it a game. And he's like, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's that kind of personality that's going to cause you to play directly into his hands and you're going to lose. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he says that her main problem, not only that she's taking it too seriously, and that she and Ms. Eistam are both attempting to win the election for themselves... But he also says that you're going up against a guy, look, who doesn't want to win and he doesn't want to lose. He's just playing this game to get to a draw. So, and that suits his own ends. And this is when he points out um, with the thing that had remained secret up until this point was that right after Natero set off the bomb, 100 airships set out from uh, Hunter Association headquarters and went to East Corteau and He's like, you guys don't even know this because um, on their manifest, it says that they're still in the hangars. But they went there and they came back with cocooned chimera ants uh, that are basically... Ready. It was like an immense amount. It was like yeah. 500 or 5,000, something like that. I was like, Jesus. Because, I mean... Because I kind of forget how, like, how many he picked up. What you have to remember is that uh, as the, the ants were fighting, mm-hmm. that first wave of people... Yeah, that had come there had already gone through um, selection process. Yeah, there, there was a group they had already done, and those people were the ones on the trees that mm-hmm. were there. And then there was the millions of people that were waiting for selection to happen. Yeah, and those the ones that were in the cocoons, he mentions. Look, these are going to be Nen users, and he says that you know he hints that the plan is basically going to be to hatch them around the time of the hunter exam, which we learn is going to happen right after um, the election as per the rules or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, like now that I've told you all of this, you figure out what to do because I'm leaving. And she kind of was trying to get him to stay yes. and also was trying to get him to tell her, what she should do because he's he's basically said that he's predicted this whole outcome and that's why he withdrew and so she gets uh, into the hall and there's a little video that has um ikshan pei is second and botabai is first and botabai says to vote for cheeto it's like everyone supports me you know, Cheadle is going to do the right thing. And Ikshan Pei is like, what's happening in your reality has nothing to do with my reality. So, I don't care. Yeah. But Jin, don't run away because I'm going to catch you. And Jin's sitting in the front row like, psh. Yeah, fuck. And we get um, in this, this whole thing because the four of them then get to make a statement. Um, Ms. Eistom is like, Hey guys, thanks for voting for me, uh, but I quit. So vote for Cheeto. And then Cheeto, um, the audio gets up and they they ask him, you know, what are you gonna do? 
if you become the chairman. And he's like, I already said it. I'm going to use the hunter organization like it's my own personal plaything. And I'm going to force all of you to help me heal Gon. And then people are like, yeah, I could kind of get behind that. Why not? He's a good kid. And Cheeto says, you know what? <laughs> Screw this. I don't care. Vote for Leorio. And that's when everyone sort of goes, like, you, you hear the mumbling, because now... Nobody expected this. Because, <laughs> I mean, Cheeto is so... I mean, even though Botsava is the oldest, mm-hmm. Cheeto, I guess, is the smartest. Yeah. In, in terms of... Re- not reasoning, because obviously... Like book smarts and stuff. Yeah, because Jin and Parasthena are ahead of her in terms of visualizing the gaming board and playing three steps ahead. Yes. <laughs> So she's sort of, you know, the de facto leader, the one everyone expected to challenge Paristone, and she's just like, nah. Like, let me throw this wrench in your plans, Paristone. Let's see what you do now. And I forget what he said. Uh, I think he challenged, like, uh, you wanted to know, like, I think it is what you said, like, what would you do with the organization? Okay, he asked him that, yeah, yeah. and the Aria answered. And then they had their they had their runoff, mm-hmm. um, and the Aria actually surpassed Paristone's number of votes. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, um, so there was supposed to be a debate in the middle of there, and that's when Paristone said, you know, um, seeing as it's possible that I lose and the Aria wins. And being that he's inexperienced, he's not a Zodiac, and we all agreed that we wouldn't change the the Ten Hunter Commandments, but seeing as I don't trust him as a leader, why don't we take this moment now to redo the the Ten Commandments while we're in front of all the Hunters? And (laughs) Kanzai comes out of nowhere. It's like, like, fuck you. No, you promised we wouldn't do this. And he's like, but, you know, this guy is... Who even knows who he is? Like, you heard what he said he's going to do. Like, it's in the best interest of everyone to redo it. And Cheeto puts up her hand and is like, look, I'm going to volunteer to be his advisor. I'll even quit the Zodiacs if that's necessary. Uh, just to make sure that um, we don't have to reform the Ten Commandments. She's like, I will personally go over it and see if any changes need to be made. But that doesn't need to happen right now. What that needs to happen right now is is the election. Yes. And they've basically yeah. they locked everyone in and you see some of the zodiacs on the doors. Like Pluck is on one door. Um Oh Sacho is on one and um the monkey dude, his name I always forget. He's on one. And they're like, You guys are gonna stay in here. We've we've thought this through and we got food for you. We got computers. Everything you need. And I like how Leorio, um, when it's Leorio's turn to give the speech. And he's been sitting there for a good while thinking of what he's going to say. And he sort of leads with like the best two lines. He's like, I've been traveling all over the place, uh, doing things that only suit my best interests. He's like, I've been jerking off. And... It says entertaining women, um, which is a very old-fashioned way of saying it, but basically he's been sleeping with lots of women. Mm -hmm. 
and he's like, I don't really know what to do, the situation, and then they ask him again, and he's like, I'm a heel gone, I told you that. And it sort of leads it to... Also, a- forget about Jordan Goff. Right. This, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, it just came out, because I had nothing <laughs> to say. Um, I, and previously, a peon was the one, of course, she was moving from one person to the next, and Leoria wasn't listening. So, Peon just got all face-taking up entire screen, screaming at him. Mm-hmm. And it, like, stunned everyone. But Leorio didn't even notice that she yelled at him. He's like, oh, oh, it's my turn. Okay. And sort of in the middle of all of this, there's this big wave of men, which uh, Paraston senses, Jin senses... Cheetah and Mizaistam all sense, but Leorio doesn't notice. Nope. Leorio just continues trying to figure out what to say. And in this moment, when Pyroston feels that Nen is sort of when he's made his decision. And all throughout this episode, um, and 145 also, Illumi's been watching what's been going on, because of course Subone still has the monocle on that beams into Kikyo, which Kikyo then somehow sends um to Illumi's phone. Yes. So he's watching this and like every time something happens he's like just sending his nan out freely. Yeah. Oh, um it's getting beamed back to uh what's Fat Boy's name? Miluki. Like it's going to his computer. There we go. Guess. And they're like the, the basically the rest of the family is gathered around Miluki's computer watching everything that's going down. So he's basically looking at it and he's like when he when you first see him, he he says something to the effect of, um, "Oh, okay, so maybe uh, this command thing that Kilo wants to do is as a result of having used Alaka to heal someone. Like maybe this is the bonus. If you use it for good, then you get basically one consequence free wish. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's specific to Kilo, and he's like, I wouldn't really know until I test it for myself. And when he actually sees how much power." Um, Nanika exerts to heal Gon. He's like, this is the most powerful being in the universe. Like, imagine um, how much power I have access to if I could basically tame the user. And in this case, I'm sure he means Nanika and not Alaka. Yes. Um, but if I could tame that and then force it to you to work for me, I would be a god. And just has like super evil laughing moment. I don't sh- ne- evil men everywhere. I feel like this, this at this moment the rest of the family should be like. So we all agree that we should kill him, right? Yeah, like he's, he's gonna be a severe liability. Mm-hmm. Um, Killua is the one we've all decided on as the future heir, and mm-hmm. as long as Alakas with Killua. Um, Killer was in danger of, at the very least, a maiming. He might take yes. an arm or two. I feel like at that point is just the perfect moment for just Dad to crash down <laughs> from above. <laughs> just ah, ha, ha, ha. oh god! <laughs> just put him in a coma or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just drags him home. And Savona says something very interesting because she too realizes, of course, because it's getting beamed from her to Illumi and all of that, she realizes that, look, things are going to be even more difficult for Killua going forward since he's made this declaration that he's going to protect Alaka 
from whoever tries to harm her is basically she says that he would have been much better off um, in terms of suff- he would have suffered less had he still been controlled by the needle. But of course now he took that out and he's making his own decisions and feeling his own emotions. And that's led him into a path of pain, basically. Yeah. Because he's pretty much free to just lash out against his family. Yep. Like he always wanted to do, really. Mm-hmm. But now he's, I guess, just powerful enough to be like a thorn in their side. Yeah. And do shit like this. Yeah. I mean, and it's mostly because of, of the ignorance that he's kept his family in. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't really know how to control Alaka. The parents didn't know really any of the real rules. So they couldn't say, well, Killua, you know, you're not allowed to do this and lock him out. Because he could always use Alaka to bypass them. So this was the this was the one moment I'll say in the arc where I actually felt sort of sorry for Killawol because he he doesn't really he doesn't know what's waiting for him in terms of um, the pain Illumi is gonna rain down on their whole situation. Granted, he gets within I don't know a mile. So um, episode one forty five is called Defeat and Reunion. And we sort of bounced all around what happens. Yeah. So it's uh, right after the part you just talked about where uh, Pariston decides he wants to talk about the the commandments. Yep. And he's he keeps going with that parlaying long enough that you hear big, big doors swing open. And you I, see around. I think one thing that he says uh, when he mm-hmm. asks um, Leorio to repeat that mm-hmm. he once gone healed, he says, like, it would be for the best if it happened right now, but I'm not a god. To yeah, yeah, that was great to hear yeah, what he said in his head. Yeah. And then, of course, the doors open and morale's there and, like, he gives, he gives Leorio the slow motion thumbs up. And you see Pariston, like, yes. And then he sort of steps aside. And you see Gone appear, and like the whole crew that was watching the hospital there behind him. And Gone shows up, and like there's there's a chair, and Gone like jumps straight up into the air. And I'm like, in this one moment, this one moment, you know, I'm gonna let Gone have it. I'm sort of happy that he's okay, because Leorio looks so happy to see him moving around and looking like not death. And then everyone comes inside, and like one, somebody in the background is like, "Who was the bald guy?" And you see, like Hanzo, um, I guess he goes to charge whoever said that. Yes. Because when you see them the next time, like Knuckle is restraining him around his neck. Yes. That was pretty great. So the the most important part of all of that is that with um, with Gone Healed, Leorio has no motivation. Uh, to run the hunt, the Hunter Association at all. And it's now left to, okay, what are the people who wanted Gone Healed going to vote for now? Because that doesn't matter anymore. And you see Cheadle sort of take, takes Pariston aside, and she's like, okay, I admit it, I lost. Um, when was the moment when you knew you were going to win? And he's just like, knew. I didn't really know anything. 
He's like, I I planned. Um, he says like I planned for to use gone being healed basically as his trump card from the moment he saw that Jin was gonna run for chairman. Because he said when when he said that, I asked him a question that I was trying to piss him off with, which is basically like, why are you wasting your time with this? Shouldn't you be at Gon's side? And he answered like. Gon's gonna be fine. He's gonna get healed. And he's like, go ahead and visit him if you want. I know nothing's gonna happen to him. And he's like, then I started making this plan um, that would actually culminate in Gon being healed. And she's like, well, how could you do that? Because you didn't know about Leori at all. And he's like, yeah, I shifted my plans when Leorio came in and Gon let him, and Jin let himself get punched in the face. And he says, I may not have known Leorio to trust him, but Gon, Jin, is a very trustworthy enemy. And he's basically able to use the fact that Jin makes plans on plans to make plans on plans. Uh, so it would come to the conclusion that he wants, which is for the runoffs to continue and continue and continue until he has enough time for the Chimera Ants to hatch. Yes. So he can let them loose in the Hunter exam. And one really cool thing that happens and like now that I we're looking at this from this is gonna be the ending of the the anime. It yeah. does it does kind of seem like everything gets wrapped up too nicely. Cause Gon's healed, Gon sort of runs into the room and as he's being hugged by Leorio, um I think once he's he gets set back on his feet, he looks down towards the front row and you can see the two dudes from Greed Island. Green Island. Yeah. They're pointing at this scruffy guy in a turban. And then the episode ends. Yes. But in the in the preview, um, Gon obviously realizes that this is Jin. And you see, like, he's crying and he's standing, mm-hmm. like, four feet away from him. And Jin is like, God damn it. I do love that uh, we get the reaction of him, like, ah, fuck, he's here. Ah, I mean, I mean, this was going to happen eventually, but like, god damn it. Cheeto peed on his plans by making all of them stay in the room, and I feel like she didn't yeah. even, she didn't know that was going to happen. No, not at all. She's just being a jerk. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I enjoy that. And of course, morale, there's a moment where morale pulls um, the Ario aside and is like, you can't tell Gon that Killua was the one who healed him. And they sort of make that agreement together. Yeah. Because basically just says, look, if you want Killua to be safe, you can't tell Gon. So I think that basically covers what happens in both episodes. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. You have any anything stand out um, that you want to mention? Because I know... Mm. I did the quick summary. The quick, it is 95 degrees in this room summary. Woo! Uh, so, I do, I feel like I am impacted by it less because I've seen this already. I already know what's going to happen. But I still uh, enjoy kind of the uh, the positioning and the uh, Kind of like uh, Pariston and Cheadle making their moves, you know, trying to to outdo one another. Yeah. In this uh, election. 
I mean, seeing seeing it for the second time, kind of, it it does. Even though this was with music and voice and all that, and I wasn't expecting Cheeto's hair to be green, um, it it does diminish it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even I, much as I now hate Gone and Killua, even I felt like that little, that that tiny unbidden tear come to my eye when Gone jumps on Leorio. Yeah, and I, I do. I I wanted. I wanted so badly for Chilo. I mean, she does still technically win, but not win. Um, I wanted her to be able to get the upper hand on Paris, and obviously it's impossible. Yes. Like, no matter what happens, you all lose, and he wins every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he, he, was, he was way too ready for this, and you were way unprepared. <laughs> Yeah, because she thought it was just going to be a straight-up election. I mean, they lost, mm. basically, from... They were sitting down to prepare the rules. Yes. And Jin had outthought all of them. Yes. So. But, I mean... If anything, if anything Jin's actions made like made it so they could at least come close... Yeah, because he, he was trying to help them. Not really help them out, but he was trying to make sure that Pariston didn't become the chairman. I guess even though he knew that that's not what he wanted. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to make sure he yep. wasn't as free to do as he liked completely. So we're still at the runoff because Leori was unable to win 50% of the votes. Uh, so it's still down to Leorio and Pariston at this point. Um, in episode 146, we have to address that. We have to address this conversation uh, between Jin and Gon. See how that's going to go. Um, this is the father you haven't seen since you were a baby. Dude that you think is so awesome that we all know now is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And like, we see him in tears and like snot coming down. And... It's like we thought Mito was just being bitter. But no, he's, he's he actually is the worst. He's a terrible human being and unfit to be a father and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be fun seeing how I think the the non manga fan base is going to react to this whole thing because I think when I first started reading and watching, I had expected something way more grand for the first meeting between um, Gon and Jin. Like I thought he was gonna do something rivaling whatever we assume Kite did to find him. Like he was gonna go on the journey of all journeys, um, into the heart of the earth and find Jin somewhere, like cooking a dragon um yes. in the earth's core, because that's the only way to cook it all the way through or some foolishness. Yes. yes. And they were gonna have a talk over dragon steaks. <laughs> Kind of how challenge I him to battle. Yeah, and then while they were fighting, another dragon would come up out of the magma and attack them, and it, they'd run away. And in that fleeing, like Jin would get away, and they wouldn't get to have that conversation. And Gon would have to find him again. Yep. And then the manga would just turn into a cycle of Gon thinking he's found him, and then Jin pulling a Carmen San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's like you thought it was me, but really it was my minion who stole the Eiffel Tower. Yes. <laughs> the entire Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like at some point she stole an entire island. Yeah. And like I think she stole Easter Island. That doesn't make any sense. No. Like unless she has some sort of bottomless bag that you could put anything in. Mm-hmm. 
Like basically, she With has a built-in black hole. <laughs> basically, she has superpowers, and uh-huh. I'm really concerned because that that was never discussed in the in the games, in the mm-hmm. cartoons, in in the um the game show. Never. Yeah, because she put, she stole the pyramids too, right? Yes. At some point, yeah. The Great Pyramids of Giza. She steals everything, everything with any sort of historical significance. Mm-hmm. Carmen San Diego's stolen it. And since Jin basically, um, among many other things, is an explorer, um, he finds ruins as well as animals, I think, that are hidden away from humanity, and he names them and whatnot. So yeah. he's basically Carmen San Diego. Mm-hmm. If Carmen San Diego was a deadbeat dad, which I feel like yes. she would be, if she had a child, that child She'd be deadbeat mom. Yeah, that that child would never know Carmen San Diego was its mother. Yeah. And if they did, they'd probably hate her. Yeah. It's like every time they close their eyes, she's gone. She she just like pulls a Batman on them. It's like, but mom, you were a detective. You were the best detective Acme had. Why did you become the greatest villain on Earth? And she's just like, because I was bored, son, daughter. <laughs> because I could. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't challenged anymore. So I became evil. And I think that's basically her backstory. So now that all of the 18-year-olds in the audience know about Carmen San Diego, There you go. Free edutainment background. Uh, I hate that they basically invented edutainment. Um, yeah, that was the thing. I think we, I think we got those episodes it's about covered. Yeah. So Shall we emails? Are we going to take a quick... 35 second break. I think that's about as long as the the sticker is I'm going to play. And we're going to come back and we go through uh, these very listener emails that we got. And I'd like to remind you that the email address is hxhpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in contact with us through Facebook or Twitter at hxhpodcast. Or you can drop by the website at droppingthex.com and you can leave comments for us at all those places. And we will read, respond, get you feedback in, in all the ways possible. All of the things. So we have we have three fan emails we're going to go through. The first one is from Poiwek. He says, Yo, guys, I was just listening to episode 97, and you guys were talking about Kikyo and why she has on those bandages. And that conversation got me to thinking on a few things. Here are those thoughts. My guess is that Kikyo was once a really good fighter. Not sure if she was the world's greatest, but she was strong enough to get Silva's attention. Now, I have to say this. I don't think by any means that Kikyo and Silva's relationship is mutual. I think Silva kidnapped her to force her to be the mother of his kids and kept her locked up in that basement dungeon. I know that's completely messed up, but to me that seems highly likely of what might have happened. And after all the years of abuse being kept in poor conditions and forced to be the mother of this crazy guy's kids, it completely messed her up and she became both a masochist and developed Stockholm Syndrome. And she began to love both the torture and the torturer. And when Killua was born, she saw that he was a spitting image of his father. And every time he threatens or hurts her, it reminds her of the good old days. 
And that's why she acts like that. <laughs> I know this theory is really fucked up, but it fits in with the world of Hunter Hunter. You guys have a good one. So all I'm going to say to this is, Boyweck, you are really messed up. Like I've read your previous emails, and I yeah. thought, like, you're a decent guy, a bit weird, but that 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 took a really dark turn. Um, yeah, that 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 went to a place. The first time I saw this, I was not prepared for that email. No. I thought he was gonna say like, she has some sort of insecurity, and once she got scratched up, she just never thought it healed right, so she keeps her face covered. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's weird. That's a weird guy. Yeah. So you got the second email? Alright. Okay, this is from... Andy. Uh, yeah. This is from Andy. Saying, uh... To the drop in the X crew. This may or may not be late, but I wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes of the podcast. This podcast is one of the primary components that got me into Hunter Hunter as of one year ago. I'm so grateful for your work. Not only that, but I managed to get roughly a dozen of my friends into the series not long after I did. I can still remember marathoning the Hunter exam arc with some friends for an entire weekend last summer. Good times. Also, my experience talking about the heart-wrenching end of the Chimera Ant arc on are on the po- oh, yeah. oh on the podcast was a memorable one. Thanks again for the opportunity. The podcast continues to be an entertaining listen since the beginning, and I enjoy the casual yet organized discussions throughout, whether they are on or off topic. On a side note, the dramatic readings of the manga uh, are missed, but I understand that people are busy with life. Ed's Leorio with the New York accent still cracks me up. I still enjoy doing that. <laughs> uh, apologies for the long-winded, but thanks again for getting me hooked on Hunter Hunter, and congrats for 100 episodes slash three years of the podcast. You who do. Alright, thanks a lot. Oh yeah, thanks, man. Somewhere in there, I wanted to say something, but then I forgot what it was. So, moving on! <laughs> the last email, which is from MJ. Um, MJ says, Hi everyone, thank you so much for reading my email in episode 98 of your show. It was fun hearing your thoughts about the theory. I'm not sure we know enough about the creators of Great Island to know if they would make a pregnancy card or not. Because I think we said it was Jin that did it. Because he's evil. And we still don't know who represent the letters I, S, A, N, and D of Great Island. And maybe one of them was the kind of person who thought a pregnancy stone was a fun card to put in a game. Apparently, Togashi's that kind of person since he was the one who put the card in the manga in the first place. There are a lot of silly cards in Great Island, like a Viagra card, number 68, a body switch card, number 92, and a sex change card, number 33, too. Nothing is too ridiculous for Great Island. Question time. If each of you won Great Island alone, which of the three... which three of the 100 specified slot cards would you bring back to the real world? Okay, she's MJ then says each of us pick one and don't pick three and don't let the others influence which ones we chose. And they conclude with Togashi put a lot of thought into all the cards for the game, and I'm sad more fans don't know he came up with descriptions for all 100 of them. 
there are a lot of cool ones mixed in with the weird ones, so I hope you find some you like. Um, so I guess I'll go first. Alright. So my three are, um, which number of slot card is this? 27, Book of VIP Passes. This card summons forth a book which contains a thousand VIP passes. The caster is able to use each pass to act as a very important person. As such, you are able to go anywhere and access any area for the price of a single pass. Each pass transforms to match the required specifications for an event. The pass is destroyed after use, and the book is destroyed when no more VIP passes are left. So to me, I looked at that and I immediately thought, screw the aviation industry. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to win in life with this. There you go. So the second card I picked is card number 31, which is double postcard to the dead. And this card grants the caster, again, a book of 1,000 return postage paid postcards. It allows the user to write a message on it with an address to a dead person, and you'll receive a reply the next day. If the name is incorrectly spelled or the intended deceased person is not yet dead, then the postcard will not return when sent off. And I just thought this would be a really cool thing because, you know, there are a lot of very interesting dead people in human history that you could get insights from. And I just ask stupid questions. Like, um, I would just pose really complicated mathematics equations to people who were like philosophers or artists. Be like, hey, this has really been bothering me. If as X approaches 1,000 and... If the limit of X is versus 1,000. I don't even remember how to say calculus anymore. <laughs> but I just send, like, really complex calculus equations. And I don't even have to do calculus in life. But just, like, just so the me in the past knows the answer to this question. I need you to work it out. And I'd wonder if, like, they could talk to somebody else and be like, so this weird kid sends this postcard and it shows up in, like, hell or whatever. And I was supposed to answer it, but I don't know the first fucking thing about calculus. And, like, a hundred dead people come over, and they're like, well, you know, if you do this, and that, like, that looks right. Why not? Let's set that off. And then I get, <laughs> I get the wrong answer from dead. It'd be the best story, though. Oh, yeah. And the last one is number 51, the miniature dragon. Uh, the card summons a miniature dragon small enough to sit on the palm of your hand. This cute dragon acts as your little companion. It will follow any command you give it, and if raised with love and care, it will learn how to talk. So, basically... It's a dragon. I don't care how small it is. I want a dragon. And that's why I picked my three cards. Okay. Um, well, my first one's going to be similar to your last one. I want the miniature dinosaur. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah. And it becomes a different one in every uh, generation. So that's pretty cool. Uh, then, oh man, where is it? It's close to the top. Let me look for it real quick. Oh, number six, the liquor spring. (laughs) Yeah. So you draw some of the spring's water, and one hour later, it will become a random alcoholic drink of exquisite taste and extraordinary extraordinary quality. You get to become Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And the last one, where is it? Uh, number 45, Fledgling CEO. 
warm this magic egg in your hand for three hours a day for one to ten years, and you'll become a top CEO when it hatches. The stronger your desire during incubation, the sooner it will hatch. I mean, and there's there's the whole string of related ones. Says athlete, artist, politician, musician, pilot, novelist, gambler, and actor. So, depending on your interests, these cards could really help you out a lot in life. Oh yeah. So that about covers our emails. Again, if you guys want to send us any emails on any subject within the Hunter Hunter universe, even if we don't know the answer. You're more than welcome to send it to us at hxhpodcast at gmail.com or you could send it to us through Facebook or Twitter at hxhpodcast. And the website, again, is droppingthex.com. Thank you guys for listening. I am Dame Dr. Foxy Brown, and he is Ed the Crimson. That's right. And we out, bitches. Yeah, yeah.